Welcome to Psalmcast. Today is November 14th. I am Denise. Congratulations on choosing a time of refreshing under the stream of God's living water. Know this, God sees that you are choosing time with Him. There are so many things that are vying for your attention. Obligations, laundry, relationships, culture, that attempts to lure us away from the only energy that will infuse us with power and with joy. And that is time with the Lord, dwelling in His living Word, being reminded of how truly amazing the eternal God is. The five chapters before us today are especially powerful. Psalm 14, Psalm 44, Psalm 74, Psalm 104, and Psalm 134. I am reading from the Voice Bible. If you would like to follow along during the reading, pause the podcast for a moment and open a browser window to BibleGateway.com. Select the voice from the Bible options. If you are new to this daily reading of the Psalms, welcome. But first, let's pause in prayer over this time together. Father, we are here. We are here seeking you. We thank you for giving us another day to live into. And yes, we are striving to find life in the midst of all the stuff that swirls around our life. The stuff that is often confusing and terrifying and yes, challenging. Lord, you know, help us to experience the awareness that you are present with us right now. Let the words that we hear be more than just sounds bouncing around in our brain. Plant the seeds deep in our mind, in our hearts, and in our soul. Open our understanding, and yes, show us how to walk out the hours of this day. So we are diving in, and today we start off right out the gate with some notes that the Voice Bible provides for our first chapter. The notes are as follows. This is a wisdom psalm that grieves over the pervasiveness of sin and its sad effects. It is repeated with minor changes in Psalm 53. Paul refers to this Davidic psalm to explain how all of humanity is tainted by sin. You'll find that in Romans chapter 3 verses 1 through 12. Psalm 14 for the worship leader, a song of David. A wicked and foolish man truly believes there is no God. They're vile, their sinfulness nauseating to their Creator. Their actions are soiled and repulsive. Every deed is depraved. Not one of them does good. The Eternal leans over the heavens to survey the sons of Adam. No one is missed, and no one can hide. He searches to see who understands true wisdom, who desires to know the true God. They all turn their backs walking their own roads. They are rancid, leaving a trail of rotten footsteps behind them. Not one of them does good, not even one. Do the wicked have no clue about what really matters? They devour my brothers and sisters the way a man eats his dinner. They ignore the eternal and don't call on him, rejecting his reality and truth. They shall secretly tremble behind closed doors hearts beating hard within their chest, knowing that God always avenges the upright. 
You laugh at the counsel of the poor, the needy, the troubled, who put their trust in God. You try to take away their only hope, but the eternal is a strong shelter in the heaviest storm. May a new day, a day of deliverance come for Israel, starting with Zion. When the eternal breaks the chains of his oppressed people, the family of Jacob will rejoice and Israel will be delighted. Psalm 44 For the Worship Leader A Contemplative Song of the Sons of Korah With our own ears, O God, we have heard the stories our ancestors recited of your deeds in their day, days long past, how you saved the day. With a powerful hand, you drove the nations from this land, but then you planted our parents here. You fought for us against people of this land. You set our parents free to enjoy its goodness. They did not win the land with their swords. It wasn't their strength that won them victory. It was your strength, your right hand, your arm, and the light of your presence that gave them success, for you loved them. You are my King, my God. You ordained victories for Jacob and his people. You are our victory, pushing back the enemy. At the sound of your name, we crush the oppression. I don't trust in my weapons or in my strength to win me victory. But you rescue us from our foes. You shame our enemies. We shout your name all day long. We will praise your name forever. But wait, God, where have you gone? Why have you shamed us? Why do our armies stand alone? Without your help, we must retreat from our enemy. The very ones who despise us pillage us. You have offered us up to our enemies, like sheep to the slaughter, meat for their feast, and you have dispersed us among the nations. You sold your people for mere pennies, and you gained nothing in the deal. You have made us a joke to our friends and neighbors, mocked and ridiculed by those around us. You have brought us infamy among the nations and made us an object of scorn and laughter to our neighbors. Disgrace follows me wherever I go. I am constantly embarrassed. Shame is written across my face because of the taunting and berating of those who are against me, because my enemy seeks revenge against me. All this has happened to us, yet we have never forgotten you. We have not broke your covenant with us. Our hearts stayed true to you. We have never left your path. We follow on. Yet you have tested us, left us defeated in a land of jackals, and shrouded us with a veil of death. Even if we had forgotten the name of our God, or offered praise to another God, would not the true God have known it? For he can see the hidden places in our hearts. On your behalf our lives are endangered constantly. We are like sheep awaiting slaughter. Wake up, Lord. Why do you slumber? Get up. Do not reject us any longer. Why are you still hiding from us? Why are you still ignoring our suffering and trouble? Look, and you will see our souls now dwell in the dust. Our bodies hug the earth. Rise up and help us. Restore us for the sake of your boundless love. The Voice Bibles 
Notes for Psalm 74, our third psalm today. This lament was written shortly after the Babylonian destruction of Jerusalem and the temple in 586 BC. Now in exile and separated from God, his city and his land, the people of God experience pain that is palpable. Psalm 74, a contemplative song of Asaph. True God, why have you turned your back on us and abandoned us forever? Why is your anger seething and your wrath smoldering against the sheep of your pasture? Remember the congregation of people you acquired long ago, the tribe which you redeemed to be your very own. Remember Mount Zion, where you have chosen to live. Come direct your attention to your sanctuary. Our enemy has demolished everything and left it in complete ruin. Your enemies roared like lions in your sacred chamber. They have claimed it with their own standards as signs. They acted like lumberjacks swinging their axes to cut down a stand of trees. They hacked up all the beautifully carved items, smashing them to splinters with their axes and hammers. They have burned your sanctuary to the ground. They have desecrated the place where your holy name lived in honor. They have plotted in their hearts. We will crush them and bring them to their knees. Then they scorched all the places in the land where the true God met his people. We no longer receive signs. There are no more prophets who remain, and not one of us knows how long this situation will last. O oh, true God, how much longer will the enemy mock us? Will this insult continue against you forever? Why do you stand by and do nothing? Unleash your power and finish them off. Even so, the true God is my king from long ago, bringing salvation to his people throughout the land. You have divided the sea with your power. You shattered the skulls of the creatures of the sea. You smashed the heads of Leviathan and fed his remains to the people of the desert. You broke open the earth and springs burst forth and streams filled the crevices. You dried up the great rivers. The day and the night are both yours. You fashioned the sun, moon, and all the lights that pierce the darkness. You have arranged the earth, set all its boundaries. You are the architect of seasons, summer and winter. Eternal One, do not forget that the enemy has taunted you and the company of fools has rejected your name. We are your precious turtle doves. Don't surrender our souls to the wild beasts. Don't forget the lives of your poor, afflicted and broken-hearted ones forever. Be mindful of your covenant with us, for the dark corners of the land are filled with pockets of violence. Do not allow the persecuted to return without honor. May the poor, wounded and needy sing praises to you. May they bring glory to your name. O true God, rise up and defend your cause. Remember how the foolish man insults you every hour of the day. Do not forget the voices of your enemies, the commotion and chaos of your foes which continually grow. For the fourth chapter today, the Voice Bible's notes read as follows. The last phrase of Psalm 104 
Praise the Eternal gives us a clear picture of the use of these songs in Israel. This phrase, which not only ends Psalm 104, but often opens and closes other psalms, is not part of the song itself. It is a direction for worship. The Bible indicates that praise is the natural response to God's gifts to his people. When David brought the covenant chest to Jerusalem, he anointed Asaph and his relatives to lead in praise. After the Levites chanted a marvelous psalm, the people responded in praise to the Eternal. In John's vision of the final destruction of Babylon, a symbol for God's enemies throughout all the ages, a vast number of creatures in heaven, the 24 elders and the four living creatures offer praise and adoration to the Lord. Revelation chapter 18 and chapters 19. Praise is simply the inevitable response to God's people to all he is and all he has done. Psalm 104 Call him good, my soul, and praise the Eternal. I am here to declare my affection for you, Eternal One, my God. You are indeed great, you who are wrapped in glory and dressed in greatness. For covering, you choose light, your clothes, sunset and moonrise. For a tent, you stretch out the heavens. For your roof, you pitch the sky. Your upper chamber is built on beams that lie in the waters overhead, and the clouds your chariot. You are held aloft by the wind. You made your messengers like the winds. The breeze whispers your words. Your servants are like the fire and flame. You made the earth, and you made its frame stable forever. Never will it be shaken. You wrapped it in a gown of water ancient mountains under layers of sky. But when you reprimand those waters, they fled. The thunder of your voice sent them running away. They hammered out new depths, heaved up new heights, and swallowed up whatever you commanded. At first they covered the earth, but now you have bound them, and they know their appointed place. You send fresh streams that spring up in the valleys, in the cracks between hills. Every animal in the open field makes its journey there for drink, while donkeys lap at the brook's edges. Birds build their nests by the streams, singing among the branches. And the clouds, too, drink up their share, raining it back down on the mountains from the upper reaches of your home, sustaining the whole earth with what comes from you, and the earth is satisfied. Thus you grow grain for bread, grapes for wine, grass for cattle, all of this for us. And so we have bread to make our bodies strong, wine to make our hearts happy, oil to make our faces shine. Every good thing we need, your earth provides. Our faces grow flush with your life in them. The forests are yours, Eternal One. Stout hardwoods watered deeply, swollen with sap, like the great cedars of Lebanon you planted, where many birds nest. There are fir trees for storks, high hills for wild goats, stony cliffs for rock badgers, for each place a resident, and for each resident a home. The earth strides through her phases, 
marking seasons as she goes. The sun hides at his appointed time, and with the darkness you bring, so comes night, when the prowling animals of the forest move about. It is then that lions seek the food you, the true God, give them, roaring after their prey. At sunrise they disappear and sleep away the day in their dens. Meanwhile the people take to the fields and to the shops and to the roads, to all the places that people work, until evening when they rest. There is so much here, O Eternal One, so much you have made. By the wise way in which you create, riches and creatures fill the earth. Of course, the sea is vast and stretches like the heavens beyond view, and numberless creatures inhabit her. From the tiny to the great, they swarm beneath her waves. Our ships skim her surface while the monsters of the sea play beneath. And all of these look to you to give them food when the time is right. When you feed, they gather what you supply. When you open your hand, they are filled with good food. When you withdraw your presence, they are dismayed. When you revoke their breath, the life goes out of them, and they become again the dust of the earth from which you formed them at the start. When you send out your breath, life is created, and the face of the earth is made beautiful and is renewed. May the glorious presence of the Eternal linger among us forever, and may He rejoice in the greatness of His own works, He who rattles the earth with a glance, He who sets mountains to smoke with a touch. I will sing to the Eternal all of my life. I will call my God good as long as I live. May the thoughts of my mind be pleasing to Him, for the Eternal has become my happiness. But may those who hate Him, who act against Him, disappear from the face of this beautiful planet. As the Eternal, call Him good, my soul. Praise the Eternal. And our final chapter today is Psalm 134 a song for those journeying to worship. Praise the Eternal, all you who serve Him, who stand ready to serve in the house of the Eternal through the night. Lift up your hands toward His sanctuary and praise the Eternal. May the Eternal grant you His blessing from Zion, God, the weaver of heaven and earth. I have a question for you. Have you ever had to defend your faith? in the Lord God? Was the person challenging doing so to get information, to make a decision about faith? Or were they one of the masses who buy into the fallacy of our current generation that God does not exist? Was that person engaged in listening to your testimony, or were they intent on mocking and discounting every truth that you shared? Honestly, it is hard not to quake when faced with one who is fully invested only in this temporary journey of life. Those that are looking to pick a fight or to provoke a negative response. Yes, the Lord has allowed me to face naysayers, and it has been my experience that dealing with total strangers is easier to bear versus being reviled by someone who is close to you, perhaps a loved one or someone of familial relationship. The latter is gut-wrenchingly hard. Often, 
those that are close know all of my poor choices. They know all of my negative life experiences. Many of them know exactly which buttons to push in order to elicit my ugliness. When the Lord works situations where I know I'm going to be in the presence of sandpaper people, also known as trigger people, I have to spend days talking to the Lord and asking for mercy and grace so that I can respond in love. I don't want that person to see me and experience me as a very broken, sinful person. I want them to see me operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you want to be used by the Lord to lead people to his salvation, to lead people to eternal life? No, it won't be you that's doing the work, but y'all, we can be a channel of God's love in other people's lives. And yes, the Lord does use anyone who is willing to allow him to be a channel of his love to the hurting world around us. Maranatha. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way that it speaks to us on multiple levels, but always it orientates us to you. It is your face. It is your presence that we seek. So we open ourselves to you, our minds, our bodies, our spirits, our hearts. We open ourselves to you and ask your Holy Spirit to plant the words of Scripture in our life and guide us so that we may dwell in your presence. Come Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here today. I love that the chapters of the Psalms are so easy to adapt to whatever challenge we are traveling through. Many of the Psalms were penned directly to the Lord from the depths of pain, confusion, sadness, real questions, hard questions from one who was experiencing the emptiness of being cast aside or being left abandoned. Yet God does not cast us aside, nor does He abandon us. Usually, it is our weakness and our desire to dabble in sin that causes us to cast off and abandon the Lord. How interesting that often, when we have fallen into the pit of affliction, because of our poor choices and our decisions, and we realize, crap, I am doomed, that is when I most often begin to call out for help from on high. When an answer is not forthcoming right away, it is easy to have thoughts that God is ignoring me. When in reality, my heart is still hard and I'm not broken and repentant. The Lord waits. He is still very much present, but he waits for each of us to figure it out. Sometimes it takes a word from someone you respect to speak into your life. Or it might be a dream sequence that unlocks your understanding of how to return to the Lord. You know, I think many people have a really hard time saying, I am sorry. I am wrong. As we approach the seasonal holidays ahead over these next six weeks, think about the people you will be around those whom you might be stuck with trying to endure without losing your cool. 
Be intentional to pray for your sandpaper people. Ask the Lord to soften your heart so that you will be able to see that person as the Lord sees them. Wonderful, precious, beloved. We need to be mindful that Jesus died for that person as well. If Jesus was sitting across from that sandpaper person, what would our Lord's posture be? Angry? Sulking? Not engaging? Perhaps you might consider writing down those names of the sandpaper people on a piece of paper, stick it on your mirror, on your refrigerator door, and perhaps on your car's windshield under the mirror, a place where you are going to see that name and be prompted to be frank, to have honest conversations with God. If you want the Lord to use you as a channel of His love, His mercy, and His grace into that person's life, if you really don't want that person to be lost without any hope of redemption in eternity, ask others to join you in prayer over these matters. Yes, remember, you are precious, you are wonderful, you were created by the Lord God, the Eternal, for a purpose and for a plan. Are you interested in that relationship with the living God? Are you interested in sharing that relationship with others so that they can come to know and experience the living God as well? Yes, I know they're hard questions. So if today the Lord prompts you to ask for prayer and you don't know where to go or to whom to ask, I will share a contact number in just a moment. You can call, you can text, you can email your prayer requests in. It doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to be detailed. Simple works, your name, your need for prayer, and any specific timing or urgency. We need to remember God already knows what the problem is, and He already has the solution. And so, yes, there are people like me and those who surround PsalmsCast who will pray for the prayer requests that are coming in. Now, on a personal note, this holiday prep that I speak of is something that I have to take seriously because many of my family members have had major outbursts during this time. Lots of yelling, lots of raging, lots of fear, and yes, tears. The stress of life escalates to unbearable levels. It is very sad to have to be around people who use words as weapons. Words can wound deeply, and often those wounds go unattended and undetected because they are not visible to the naked eye like a black eye or broken bone is. Unattended, emotional wounds can handicap a child from making meaningful connections with others. I am so grateful for my maternal grandmother who invested in my life year after year after year. Somehow she talked my parents into letting me live with her and my grandpa for four to six months each summer. Those summer days with them nurtured my spirit and I experienced what it was like to be cherished, for faces to break into smiles when I entered the room, to be complimented for the mundane, and to be gently corrected when I made mistakes, as all children do. 
It was during those summer weeks when I learned about God, about how to pray, simple childlike prayers, but my grandma took the time to teach me and to guide me. If I had to choose one word that describes all those experiences, it would be the word safe. The second word would be cherished. So these other family members, guys, they're not evil people. They were damaged and they hurt. And here is a truth that we need to consider today. It's three, it's four words. Hurt people hurt people. Sadly, these beloved family members really did not know that their behavior was wrong, that their words cut into the hearts and minds of the little ones. I do think after a major episode, one would have regrets, but quickly masked it by blaming the explosion on the trigger, usually a child, doing what children do. We kids learned at a very young age that November through part of January were unstable times. We dreamed about all the cool stuff in the Sears toy catalog, but we kept it out of sight so as to not spark a conflict. My brothers and I learned very young that Santa was a myth and we were too poor to have Christmas. So I speak from a place of brokenness and each time I am around any of those sandpaper people, I have to prepare ahead of time to pray for each person and to ask the Lord to change my perception, to give me a heart that longs for that one to experience the deep love of being cherished by Jesus here in the land of the living. That when that person reflects on the moments that they were around me, I want them to feel loved, accepted, and cherished, and that I will experience the Holy Spirit's grace and mercy continually. So yes, I am sure that this is something I will share again in the days ahead. Seriously, you and I, we who have been given this amazing gift of salvation and eternal life. We should want everyone to experience the same. We can be the seed bearers, planting seeds in love, mercy, and grace during the weeks ahead. The Psalms cast number is 1407-240-1509. This is the number to call for calls, to send in texts, or to use with WhatsApp. Again, the number is one 407-240-1509. The email is psalmscast at gmail.com. Be sure to like and follow Psalmscast on Facebook. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss a day. And yes, share this podcast. You never know, somebody might need that encouragement. That's it for today. I am Denise. I love you and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow.